This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer. Today is Tuesday. It is the 1st of August. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. New reports found about a third of Iowa counties are considered maternity care deserts. IPR's Natalie Krebs has that story. The March of Dimes defines a maternity care desert as a county with no OBGYNs and no birthing hospitals or birthing centers. 33 of Iowa's 99 counties meet that definition. Jessica Dill is with the March of Dimes. She says the number of birthing hospitals in Iowa continues to decrease, which correlates with negative outcomes. So preterm birth issues related to birth maternal um, morbidity rates go up when families have to drive more than 30 minutes to get to a care provider. Dill says an increase in access to telehealth services doesn't replace in-person maternity care, but could help people who live in care deserts have more options. Six presidential candidates have met the polling and fundraising thresholds to qualify for the first televised debate later this month. Other candidates are scrambling to get invited. Candidates need donations from 40,000 different people and at least 1% support in public opinion polls the Republican National Committee is recognizing. Miami's Mayor Francis Suarez has only met the fundraising mark. He got into the race in June. I think we have big problems in this country, and I think we need a personality of someone who is a solver of problems, of someone who can bring people together. Suarez made his comments at the GOP's Lincoln dinner Friday in Des Moines. He was elected mayor in 2017 with nearly 86% of the vote. He was re-elected in 2021. Iowa's Department of Transportation says it is moving some of its DMV facilities. IPR's Zachary Oren-Smith reports that's because while DMVs remained open during the pandemic, the malls they were in were closed. For years, Iowa City has had its own DMV, but that changes this week. The DOT is shifting the location to Coralville. This move and another in Muscatine are part of the department's push to end leases in malls. Darcy Doty is the Bureau Director of Customer Service for the Iowa Department of Transportation. She says during the pandemic, some of the 18 DMVs were unreachable after the state closed shopping malls. We don't want state government to stop, and so we wanted to be able to be operational at all times. So we made the strategic decision to say, you know, we need to have a direct door access for our customers to be able to enter so we can continue services at any time, whether or not a mall was open or not. There are also plans to relocate the locations for malls in Waterloo and Council Bluffs. A new flight school in Sioux City opens in a few weeks. Morningside College is partnering with Sioux City, Oracle Aviation and Western Iowa Tech on the new facility in Sioux City Airport. Retired Air National Guard Colonel Brian Miller is the school's director of aviation. He says the area has been lacking in a facility to train graduating high school students and college undergrads in aviation careers. That's one of the main things we're trying to do is to let everyone know here in the upper Midwest that we now have a world-class training program to produce commercial pilots right here in Sioux City, Iowa. Private pilots will teach the courses. Students will get about 400 hours of flying time while in the program. Fifteen students have already signed up. The National Weather Service has confirmed two tornadoes touched down Friday night in eastern Iowa. They were part of a line of severe storms in the region that cut power and downed trees. 
Cedar Rapids Gazette reports the tornadoes were in Jackson and Clinton counties. The tornado in Jackson County was rated an EF1. That means winds were about 90 miles an hour. The one in Clinton County was an EF0 with winds of about 75 miles an hour. Nobody was seriously hurt in either storm. That's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Des Moines resident Emily Billington spent most of her life in an unstable home and in foster care. She had her first child, Maverick, last year. As we hear in this story, produced by Tristan Alcorta, Billington is working to provide her son with a safe and secure home that she lacked growing up. This is Maverick's swing. We actually have this on 24-7. It makes this noise, and when I'm at work, it makes me feel like he's here, even though he's at daycare. I'm Emily Wilma Billington and I'm 21 years old, and I have a son named Maverick who's 10 months old and a boyfriend of two and a half years named Cole Weatherly. We live downtown in a little two-bedroom apartment. So growing up, I didn't really have a stable home. I was in and out of foster care from like 12 to, I think, 14. So it was kind of a rough childhood. A home to me is secure and safe. I didn't have that because there was always strangers running in and out, was not clean. I had a bunch of people there, but nobody that was really there for me as a kid. Like no adult that I could talk to and trust. It felt like that was not home. I found out I was pregnant in December of 2021. I did not have plans to start my own family, actually. I was told that I could not have kids. The possibility of me having kids was rare, so... Yeah, I wasn't planning for it at all. So I started thinking about what kind of future I would want and what kind of future I would want my child to have. Whereas before, it was like every day, day to day, whose couch am I sleeping on? What bar are we going to? And instead of that, when you're pregnant, it's like, what crib do I want to buy? Like, what stories do I want to buy to read my kid before we go to bed? And it's just like a big change. So Maverick was born September 5th. 2022 the moment they laid him on my chest it was it was insane and I'd like to say that it was like something that was like magical and lovely and like sweet but for me my personal experience it was not I was scared so I was like shaking and in a lot of pain so I do feel bad that when he was first born I didn't really get to soak in those moments those first two weeks I just think I had the baby blues like I was having a really hard time connecting with him I was very depressed. So for those two weeks, everything I tried to do really was not working. But Cole, my boyfriend, he really stepped up and he took care of Maverick. And Cole would reassure me every day. Cole would be like, I got it. You're an amazing mom. You pushed him out like you did that for him, gave him life, kept him safe. So he he would really help me. So Cole would take the night shifts and kind of the day shifts too, honestly. But there was one night that he was just beyond tired So I had him in the swing most of the night, but he did wake up and I remember picking him up. And before when I picked him up, he wasn't really cuddly. He would just like fall back asleep. But this time he kind of snuggled up to my neck. So that next morning we woke up and I was just like, all right, what do you want to do today? I'll take you off dad's hands. And it was like an instant I love you type of thing. 
I do document everything about him. I have his first laugh, his first tooth, his first fall, everything that happens. So becoming a mother has changed my understandings of home because it has made home more important to me. Raising my son in a secure, safe place, making it a home, basically. It's a lot more important now because it's not only my home, I'm making it for somebody else. Yeah? Even if you don't get raised in a homey, like, comfort home, once you start a family, I feel like if you're a decent person, you'll be able to make a secure home. Emily Billington lives in Des Moines. Her story is among five produced at IPR over the last month in collaboration with NPR's Next Generation Radio Project. It's a program that helps coach and train public media's next generation. The theme of the project is Home. Today's story was produced by Tristan Alcordo. And that's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Have a great day.